0: The Center for Medical Simulation presents.
1: Welcome to fails
2: and other conversations on the Sim Sofa.
1: <laughs> You're here with Janice Palianis.
2: Markus Aya. And Kirsty Freeman.
1: What's up, guys? All right, so here's the thing. I'm... This happened to me the other day, and I really, I don't, it's so ridiculous. I don't know what to make of it, and I think I do this in my teaching as well. Both of you know, I think you know, that I have a 13-year-old dog. She's really old.
2: Yeah. (laughs) She's
1: so sweet. So she is not walking well, and we often have to carry her when we bring her in and that sort of thing. And so we decided, okay, well, we got to take her to the vet. So we took her to the vet. And, um, I couldn't make it cause I had, I had to work at the hospital that day. And I, um, go straight from my work to the vet. And so my husband's there with the dog and the vet and his assistant, um, are coming in with, uh, shots like vaccinations. And I'm like, what's going on? Like, I'm so excited to see my dog. She's excited to see me. And, I'm like, what is going on? And they're like, oh, we're going to give her these vaccinations. And I'm like, oh, okay. And they're like, she's going to be sore for, you know, a couple weeks. I'm like, wait a minute. She's going to be sore. They're like, yeah, usually in her back legs. And I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) We've just discussed, my husband and I have just discussed that she's probably not going to last the year. What are we vaccinating for and why? And we're bringing her here because she cannot walk. And so I'm like, no, 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 we're not going to do this. We're not doing this. And so I watched myself in real time be that, like, you know, that simulated parent that comes into a case and is like, stop everything. Everybody do something different. Like, that was me, right? And then they're leaving the room, and I go to hug my dog, and I and I say really loudly, I don't know why I did this. I'm like, I saved you. <laughs> I told my dog that I saved my dog. Like, And the thing was, like, I was so, I was conscious of what I was doing, and it was just ridiculous. Like, I could not help myself. I, I couldn't. And so my question is, when you're in the middle of teaching, and you've got, or in the middle of clinical practice, and you're watching yourself do these ridiculous things, what do you do?
2: <laughs> I don't know, Marcus. Have you had an out-of-body experience like that recently?
0: <laughs> well, I think, why, why is it ridiculous? You know, I think it was the right thing to do, isn't it?
1: Well, I couldn't believe I was like, I am saving you. Like, who says that? Like, I am the mom. I'm the mom, like the the helicopter mom that walked in and couldn't control how she was feeling. And and I'm sure I'm a story. Like, I'm sure they all went home to their families and they were like, this ridiculous mom came in. (laughs) Owner, maybe they call us owners, owner came in.
2: No, go go with mum. Go with mum like that.
1: <laughs> but I have done this like when I've been teaching and or in clinical practice and I just can't control my emotions and I could, you know, I could see myself doing these things and I just can't control it.
2: So why do you think you need to control your emotions then? Like, because if you had controlled yourself in that situation with your dog and I can't remember your dog's name.
1: Kenya. Her name is Kenya.
2: So if you hadn't listened to your emotions and been that helicopter parent that you were referring to you know can you would have got those jabs and, <laughs> and been really sore and you know oh,
1: but here's the thing it completely like I, so i felt like it demasculated my husband in front of these people because Oops. he made a decision and then i go in and i'm like i, I, I don't know no
2: way. We're not on the same page here. (laughs) So yeah, so going back to my question then, why do you think you need to, you know, limit those emotions? Because obviously that emotional um, outburst that you had made you make a decision about the care that your your family member was receiving.
1: I like that. I like what you're saying. So you're saying that as an educator, it's important to pay attention to your emotions and, and that can drive an important decision in the education?
2: I think so. Um, certainly, you know, we're, we're encouraging our learners in the educational setting to, to tap into their emotions and I think would be wrong to, and doing uh, our clinicians a disservice to say, you know, um, don't feel anything. I think the trick is, how do you moderate how that emotion comes out? Um, how do you know, I sort of, I had this image of you putting your hands in the air saying, stop, stop. <laughs> um, you know, is it that we need to yeah try and moderate and think about how that emotion um, is seen by others? What do you think, Marcus?
0: Yeah, I also think uh, it's, it's, uh, it's nice uh, if you are not in emotionless uh, piece of meat, you know, so that you know we have emotion, things get to our soft side and and I also think it's okay to show them in a way, but of course moderated and uh, under some control. Perhaps in the medical field we are often too sterile. You
1: know, I think it's interesting too, like in simulations, we always one of the objectives is to manage the family member right Mm -hmm. and it's like maybe the simulation should be for family members to manage themselves (laughs) like to (laughs) learn how to moderate because it's very human that you can't in certain moments
2: yeah and you know so I think as well we need to look at providing Simulated opportunities where we, as clinicians, are put in a situation like that, where our emotions are brought to um, brought to the boil, or whatever the case may be depending on the context and we need to practice how do i how do i deal with that whether it be us assisting and working uh with a family as you know they're they're coming to the end of their life you know i certainly know that i've been in uh in tears alongside family members caring for their loved ones as um you have the pleasure and privilege of being with them at 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 that last moment in their life no one has ever helped me taught me um, help me work through how I should balance those emotions. Is it okay to sit there and cry with the family members? Am I as a clinician meant to not do that? Do I have to go out of the room and, and cry in secret? I think simulation would give us an opportunity to start to, to you know, um, work through some of this stuff um, and, and see how I deal with it. I don't know.
1: I like that. And, and also simulating events as educators that throw us off our game um, and how to moderate our emotions when we are running, like a simulation of simulations,
2: right? (laughs) You mean that that day that I can't hold in the adage that, you know, the basic assumption that everyone is here, you know, doing their absolute best and that day where that, I find it really hard to hold that adage as I'm looking at my learners? That would be a great thing for me some days.
0: Simulation Uh, for the simulation instructors. That's a new concept, Janice.
1: Absolutely. Well, but I really want to know. Still, like, how do you guys moderate in those times?
2: I think professional Kirsty comes out, and I. Oh, so it sh- triggers
1: it triggers her to like emerge, yeah. and push the yeah. other one out of the side.
2: Correct. I think <laughs> we sound so. <laughs> I think. Yeah, it is. I think very much another side of Kirsty comes out, and my way of moderating my emotions is to, yeah, I, I think I put on a character. I think I'm professional simulation, Kirsty. Yeah, she doesn't let anything out. She's, uh, yeah. And I'm sad thinking about that.
1: Well, I'm wondering, <laughs> you, like, as, as your learner, Kirsty. like, I, I would be wondering if I could notice, and I probably could notice, like, oh, she's triggered professional. Kirsty just came. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I know, right gosh she's she's daunting i'm scared of her already
1: <laughs> she's here with her ruler <laughs>
0: well yeah it's a question how how far or how totally are we doing roles when we are acting professional and uh, i think every one of us is putting on his coat or whatever kind of uh, not physically but mentally and and you are a character you have roles you have tasks which you have to do, and
2: um, well, yeah,
0: in the emotional part, it's then a question, how, how far does that go? Uh, how much are we, who we are <laughs> at home when we are in the sim center or at clinical work? And uh, how much is the role taking over? And, and uh, how far can we protect ourselves and the people we interact with, kind of that role with that character?
2: Yeah, that's really interesting. So as you were talking, Marcus, I was sort of reflecting on, you know, the different contexts in when I've seen professional Kirsty come out and uh, yeah, yeah. When, when she hasn't. And I have to say, when I'm with a group of um, learners, colleagues, that I know really well and I have the pleasure of working with the same people over and over again, and I have to say with them I'm more prepared to show my emotions and be a bit more vulnerable. Yes, I think contextually, it would depend on, on how well my learners know me and how I know them as to whether I feel it's safe enough for me um, to, to put myself out there.
0: Yeah, or we, for example, with the clinicians where you said you uh, are crying with them or not, uh, for example, in, in, in patients which you only know for a short time, like in emergency medicine, this rarely happens. But mm-hmm. it more often happens where you know the family for days or weeks, like in oncology or stuff like this. So it's also a kind of context question, right?
1: So that's that's um, that does help me. I mean, I, I think about like it's funny because that is a strategy. like managing or that is an objective usually in in simulations, managing the family member. and little things that we do we could do for ourselves, like stepping out of the room you know, pulling aside. I think it's it's almost like you have to go to this place of nirvana in the moment, which I don't know, it's it's a personality flaw for me. I just cannot. But sometimes when it's controllable, usually the thing that'll reset me is the, you know, realizing that you're there for the learners and who cares what they really, how you look or whatever, it's really for their learning. And, um, and sometimes that can reset me, but I have to tell you, I'm still working at this. I cannot reset in the moment when it's something that really triggers me.
2: (laughs) So Janice, question for you then. So as you reflect back on this encounter at the, the vet surgery, and you were flailing your arms out there stop everyone stop my baby <laughs> can you stay take a step back for a minute how how were the that that veterinary team, what was their response? Are you conscious of that? Can you see that oh now? Oh my How did God. They I love you?
1: that. You, they were beautiful. They were, they were completely understanding. They were like, we could do this later. We don't have to do this now. We absolutely don't have to do it. And they were, they were wonderful. And I'm realizing, I think part of why I couldn't stop was I didn't care. And what do you do when you just don't care? Like I didn't care. It, and and so maybe it does go back to everything that we teach in our educator courses, at least in at the Center for Medical Simulation, I'm sure you guys teach it too, is it, it all kind of falls down on respect and having mm-hmm. high respect. And so maybe I just didn't have respect for their jobs. I didn't have respect for what they were doing in that moment because all I cared about was myself, or not even me, but my baby, right? So it was like, I don't care about you. <laughs> I don't know.
2: Yeah, but I think uh, what you've said is that the, the team that were working with you uh, and responding to your outburst acknowledged that you were at this brief moment in time where everything went out the window. Um, uh, so I think they forgave you. So interesting. And en- interesting. enabled you to have Or they're that.
1: used to it. <laughs>
2: yeah, that's, that's right. Because we know how much we all love our four-legged family members. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I think, you know, as, as you reflect back on that encounter and how they dealt with you, um, I, I think it really reminds us that um, we have to give people permission to have that moment. I think that moment is genuine and honest and is required to decide what the clinical course of action was going to be for your dog. Um,
1: so, ladies and gentlemen, while your students don't have four legs, have empathy. <laughs> 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 Yet another sim fail. Thank you both.
0: Pleasure. Thank you. What's a pleasure. Yeah. Sim fails and other conversations from the simulation sofa is brought to you by the Center for Medical Simulation. Find out more at
2: harvardmedsim.org.